This week's episode is brought to you by Comedicore Weekly, the musical. Way back in the beginning of season three, we actually saved the world from the darkest timeline with this 45-minute musical extravaganza. Get your copy today at CommunicoreWeekly.com, on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, and wherever good music can be heard on the internet. Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And for 200 episodes now, you've been hearing us say the same thing at the beginning of the show. Yeah, we've been saying the same thing at the beginning of the show. That's how we begin shows. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the beginning, right? Well, maybe we should well, I mean, it, switch it up. It wasn't up. always. I mean, we didn't add the, we didn't start telling people that we were twins until, you know. Until we found out. So we found out what the theme song Andy wrote for us. That's true. That's true. Is basically what it was. So <laughs> for most of the 200, yeah, they've been hearing the same thing. Are we going to change it for 201? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we'll change it for season Should. five. It'll be a secret. Ah, well, wait. That'll be our big season five surprise. We changed the intro. <laughs> and you hear the sounds of iPods turning out all over the internet. Click. But seriously, <laughs> thank you for listening. I really feel like we just did 150, and it really wasn't that long ago, I guess. But thank you guys, really, for listening to us for all this time. Old listeners, new listeners. I don't mean like age wise, I just mean from the beginning, but new <laughs> listeners also. I'm, and George is an old listener, so I guess that counts too. <laughs> but just thank you. We, we appreciate you guys and listening to us every week, week in, week out, regardless of our shenanigans. I, I prefer the word mature, but I don't think I can. Is that fill how those it's actually shoots. pronounced? Mature. I'm, I'm or is it mature? I'm a mature listener. You say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> okay, that'll work. Fair so. enough. So, should we actually start this show so people will actually listen and not turn it off? Might as well. Okay. It's time for Disney History! In May of 1989, Disney MGM Studios opened as the third park at Walt Disney World. Now, this was the first park to open during the Michael Eisner and Frank uh, Wells era, so it actually had a lot riding on it. So, uh, luckily for them, it kind of opened to a huge success. It really had these huge crowds almost every single day, and they often had turned guests away. Uh, in fact, some days it had turned the guests away even before the park opened because the line to get in was so long. So, Eisner declared that the 1990s would be the Disney decade, with an unprecedented expansion of the company's theme parks. Eisner's vision was of a Walt Disney World resort that was not just a, a must-see in Florida, but an only-see, a place where visitors could experience everything available in Florida theme parks and never have to leave Disney property during their vacation. So Eisner, convinced, or Eisner was convinced that a fourth gate was needed for this plan to succeed. And there were a lot of ideas that came across his desk, but the ones that really held Eisner's interest were the ones that had something to do with animals. Uh, he felt that Disney could really revitalize zoos and do to, the, um, to, the, to that world what Walt had done to the amusement park world. So at this point in time, uh, Joe Rohde came to the picture early on as the lead Imagineer, where he had a team of, um, I think it was eight others, to help him create mm -hmm. this place. So the interest in animals didn't just start with Eisner, though. 
you know, Walt Disney, of course, was fascinated by the exotic, uh, especially wild animals. And in the 1950s, Walt hired a series of two-person teams, often husband and wife, to create a 13-film series of wildlife documentaries. Eight of these True Life Adventures went on to win Academy Awards. The films documented the natural behavior of animals as diverse as seals and bighorn sheep. At the time, zoos were largely dismal places with animals contained in small barred cages and controlled by force. As such, Disney's True Life Adventures provided many people with the only glimpse they could have of an authentic animal behavior. When Disneyland was in the planning phases, uh, Walt really wanted to use live animals in the Jungle Cruise attraction. He saw the opportunity to bring park guests into the action of the True Life Adventure films. However, with the technology available at the time, his advisors were concerned that the animals would be very difficult to maintain and control, and that the wandering animals would damage the storyline of the attraction, not to mention the attraction itself. So, <laughs> Walt agreed to use audio-animatronic audio animals instead. Okay, so Walt's love for animals was never really forgotten by the Walt Disney Company. And by the 1990s, zoo technology had come a long way. No longer a virtual prison for the animals they housed, modern zoos provided large, naturalistic habitats with an emphasis on the animal's safety, health, and comfort. Natural barriers were now used to replace or uh, augment railings and bars, uh, allowing guests to feel as if they are actually in the wild with the animal. Recognizing that Imagineering knew little about the care and keeping up of animals, Joe Rohde sought out the well-respected Bill Conway, who was the executive director of the Bronx Zoo. And though he helped a lot in the beginning, he ultimately had to go on his own way because he had a lot of other projects that were taking up his time. However, Conway suggested many other experts to help with the park and kind of created an advisory board of these animal experts. So, uh, and help, they obviously did. Soon, Disney had a team of many animal and wildlife experts working on the park, helping it to, uh, to bring it to the forefront of animal conservation. In fact, this would, you know, years later, lead it to being accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, meaning they have met and exceeded the standards in education. Conservation and research. Um, with, with this team of amazing folks behind it, it was looking like Disney's Wild Kingdom was going to be a huge success. Now, you didn't hear that incorrectly. George did just say <laughs> Wild Kingdom. Because at one point in the design process, the park was dubbed Disney's Wild Kingdom, but Disney scraped the name because uh, it couldn't clear the trademark with the Mutual of Omaha Insurance Company, which owned the Wild Kingdom name thanks to its longtime syndicated TV show of the same name. Mm -hmm. So, however, they landed on Animal Kingdom instead. Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park would include lands devoted to exhibits of African and Asian wildlife, as well as lands inspired by extinct and imaginary animals. The thrill rides would be located in the lands devoted to dinosaurs and to mythical creatures, you know, such as dragons and unicorns, um, as not to disturb the animals that were in the park's Asia and Africa sections. Disney also designed Animal Kingdom as its largest theme park at more than 500 acres and located it far from the other parks and developments on property to kind of provide an isolated environment as possible for the animals. Basically as isolated as possible in a park that would end up drawing more than 9 million visitors every year. So they hit a roadblock in 1994 with the untimely death of Frank Wells, who was a champion of the park. Eisner soon had a heart attack, and Jeffrey Katzenberg resigned as well. With much of the top level of the organization gone, there wasn't anyone making the tough decisions. And on top of that, the economy was in shambles and making attendance drop in all the parks. However, Eisner wouldn't give up. He felt that standing still wasn't an option 
and you had to take risks in order to grow, and so they moved ahead. That's not to say that there wasn't other setbacks further down the line. You know, even with the many millions of dollars that Disney budgeted for the Disney Decade projects, the company didn't have an unlimited supply of cash to spend. You know, even now they don't have that as much as we'd like to think that. <laughs> as construction on the park approached, Disney killed its plans for the, Bis the Beastly Kingdom land in the park, which would have included a dragon-themed roller coaster, a unicorn-themed walkthrough attraction, and an enchanted Scottish restaurant. Hmm. Okay, so yeah, Disney opted. There's a joke for, there you're going for. Yeah, I don't I was, know what I was, it was. Going for, I was like, nah, never mind. But uh, <laughs> so Disney then opted for what became Dino Land USA over the Beastly Kingdom because it had the animated movie Dinosaur, which debuted in 2000, uh, in production, and because it made a multi-million-dollar investment with the then partner McDonald's Restaurants to buy the world's best-served, best-preserved dinosaur. Wow, dinosaur skeleton. I'm trying to mix words here. Uh, that was, you know, called that was named Sue, but it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton. And a reproduction of Sue now stands in the park, while the original went to Chicago's Field Museum. That and the Beastly Kingdom was going to be much, much more pricey, so it was uh, <clears throat> postponed for later. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. So Disney's Animal Kingdom opened on April 22nd, 1998, to great reviews mostly. Um, the crowds were so large that they were forced to close the gates uh, to further guests by 9am. Disney advertised the park using the fictional word uh, not a zoo, which obviously sounds like not a zoo. Because um, the word emphasized the park was much more than animal displays found at a typical city zoo. However, despite the advertising, Animal Kingdom really struggled immensely in its first year of operation with the normal Disney guests. Yeah, guests got lost on the twisting, winding pathways. And the searing Florida heat was a real problem, with guests developing heat exhaustion on a far too frequent basis. And as predicted, guests were angry at the lack of attractions, feeling that their money had been wasted. And the park was unable to offer a nighttime fireworks show, you know, as standard in other Disney parks, due to the stress that loud noises and lights would put on the animals. That's why they don't play Communicore Weekly after dark at the Animal Kingdom That's true. park. Yeah. It's probably so, you know, not appropriate for the, the small animal ears either. Not at all. Uh, so uh, consequently, guests refused to stay past 4 p.m. when the animals wound down for the day. Animal Kingdom did siphon away a significant number of guests from the other parks without recouping those numbers by being its own major draw. This is a, you know, a common problem in the first year of a new park's operation, and if left alone, the numbers eventually work themselves out. But in the bottom line conscious Eisner-led years, this was really unacceptable for him. That money that was going to go uh, earmarked for the Beastly Kingdom project the following year, and instead was distributed to the other parks for new attractions to kind of bolster their attendance, and Beastly Kingdom was indefinitely postponed. Okay, so in an interesting twist of fate, the Imagineers from the Beastly Kingdom project got fed up and many left the company. And it just so happened that Universal was in the design phase of their newest gated park, Islands of Adventure, and wanted to design a mythical land known as the Lost Continent. Basically, Beastly Kingdom is alive and well there with a different name and similar though not identical attractions. However, Animal Kingdom slowly found its footing over time, and even today manages to draw large crowds looking for something different. And we've said this a million times, it isn't your typical Disney theme park, and if you go into it as such, you're not going to have a great time. You gotta enjoy the park, you gotta explore, you have to take your time, look at every detail. It really is a full day park, <laughs> I don't care what you say. And at its dedication from Eisner, it's, uh, he said, I think it explains the park the way Walt would have said it, short and concise. 
Welcome to a kingdom of animals, real, ancient, and imagined. A kingdom ruled by lions, dinosaurs, and dragons. A kingdom of balance, harmony, and survival. A kingdom we enter to share in the wonder, gaze at the beauty, and thrill at the drama, and learn. And that is a full day park. I guess for the 200th episode, I'll I'll agree with you on he that one. He concedes! I will concede. So, I win the day! Wait till what you have to concede to on the 400th episode. If you live That's that long. Stack. That's true. Yeah, yeah, make it <laughs> that was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so we'd love to know what you guys think about Disney's Animal Kingdom or any of the other parts of the park that we may have talked about, including, you know, the Beastly Kingdom. And, and yes, those of us that have been to Islands of Adventure, I can see how... It could have been much different. Yes. Where it was. So, yes, but yes. give us a call on the Communicore Weekly GOAT line at 424-785-4628. That's 424-785-GOAT. He's a nerd. He's a geek. But we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. Ah. It's George's Book of the Week. This week's book is The Nine Old Men. Lessons, Techniques, and Inspiration from Disney's Greatest Animators by Andreas Deha. And so before we get started, you know, I like to talk a little bit about the author sometime, and a lot of people should know who uh, Andreas is, Andreas Deha. Um, it says on the back of the book that he was 10 years old when he first applied for a job as a Disney animator. Don't think he got the job, but <laughs> <laughs> he actually got hired when he was 20 because the studio joined him back and said they, um, they had no openings yet. So um, he started working at age 20 at the studios, and he worked on The Great Mouse Detective, Oliver and Company, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He animated Gaston, Jafar, Scar, uh, King Triton. He's worked on Mickey Mouse, Hercules, tons of people. He's been named a Disney legend, and he won the Windsor McKay Award for the astounding contribution to the art of animation. So this guy obviously knows animation is a perfect person for this book. So I've reviewed at Imaginerding, not on the show yet, another book called Walt Disney's Night Old Men in the Art of Animation by John Canemaker, which sort of covers the same subject, but it's more of just a biographical look at the Nine Old Men. And for those of you who don't know who the Nine Old Men are, they were the artists that sort of came out of the 1930s and sort of like with Snow White and became the most influential animators pretty much of all time and sort of ruled the studio. You know, Mark Davis is one, Frank and Ollie, you've heard that name, Ward Kimball. Um, and so K-Maker's book really talks about, you know, where they were born, where they studied and things like that. Andreas' book is a little bit different and it's pretty great in the way it is. So he does offer some minor biographical information about the artist, but quickly jumps into looking at the animation that they did throughout their career. Each one of the nine animators is giving a full chapter, and, and basically the chapters follow the same path. You know, how did they come to the studio? How did they start an animation, whether they were an in-betweener or they worked as a junior animator? And then you get a very detailed look at their major contributions to animation. And what makes Deha's book so fascinating is that he's one of the few people in the world that can look at drawings made by the nine old men, and he can get into their heads, and he can think about what might what they might have been thinking about. Dea picks apart their greatest scenes and characters while offering insight into the design of the character and the animation itself. You know, I've read plenty over the years about the nine old men and what their strengths were at the studios. And in this book, Deha really goes in deep to show how Disney, Walt Disney, 
push them to help them find their true calling, so to speak. And Deha also discusses what the animators love doing and which assignments were particularly difficult for them. And it's neat to see how we've all heard of certain strengths that some of the animators may have had. And in the book, he really goes into looking at how they stretched and how they grew and how they animated different types of characters and really changed the face of animation. So uh, most of the book, though, even in all the chapters, is full of drawings by the animators. And for the most part, they're sharing the rough animation that was done before it was actually sent to clean up most of the key poses that would give you an idea for what the characters were going to do in the scene itself. And it's pretty jaw-dropping to see how these simple and sometimes not so simple lines brought these characters to life. Um, anyone who is a fan of animation is going to love this book. Animators, students of animators, and wannabe animators need to buy this book now because they are going to find inspiration in it. And this week's book is called The Nine Old Men, Lessons, Techniques, and Inspiration from Disney's Greatest Animators by Andreas Deha. So we've been asking you guys to give us a call on the Communico Weekly Goat Line and leave us a message for the 200th episode. And here we are with messages for the 200th episode. <laughs> that wasn't really as dramatic as I really wanted it to be. And, I, and, and everyone knows you won't do anything to it in post-production either. No, I will not. I won't air so. the fanfare or anything. It'll just be like... <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Well, yes, we, got, we did get a lot of phone calls, which was awesome. And we're going to respond to a few of them. And some of them are just telling us how wonderful we are. And there are no responses needed. Fair. Fair point. You know? That's right. That's right. So but this first one we're going to listen to is from our friend Russell Flores. And... <laughs> I think he's got a little special thing for you at the end. Let's, let's, let's hear it. Hi, Jeff and George. This is Russ Flores calling to congratulate Communicore Weekly on its 200th episode. Great job, and I love the show. But I still can't believe you guys would think that I would fake calling from a bathroom by talking into a tin can. I'm actually calling you from my favorite bathroom. My favorite bathroom used to be the quote-unquote secret bathroom that was located over there where Princess Fantasy Fair is now located. So what's my current favorite bathroom? Well, of course, it's the bathroom located at the Tiki Room, which is just to the left of the main entrance to the Tiki Room. Congratulations again on 200 episodes and can't wait for the next 200. <laughs> How about that, Russell? Wow, I, I thought we said he was going to be calling from a can, not using a can. Fair. That is a very fair point. <laughs> but I like it because we know at least Russell listens to every word we say. That's a fair point. He does. He's one of the few. So this next one, also continuing the, the toilet theme, I think, uh, ha raises an interesting existential question, maybe? Hey, George. Hey, Jeff. Congratulations on episode 200 of Community Core Wrigley, the greatest online show. And I ask you a philosophical question. If you ever put the Australian pavilion into Epcot and you flush the toilet, will it swirl counterclockwise? Hmm, something to think about. Thanks for the great shows. This is your friend, Amy Hecker. Please keep up the great shows, and I hope to save the same voicemail at episode 400. Goodbye. That is a very good question. It is. I think we'd have to call on somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson for that, but... Yeah, that's, we, a, that's a physics thing. We couldn't afford him. 
That's true. Basically. We don't have um, him on retainer. We can call Dr. Scott. We could call Dr. Scott. He, I'm sure he knows. Dr. Scott, you need to answer that question. Will the Australian oh. Pavilion toilets go counterclockwise? That's great. Yes. That's, but I think the next one has a question that we can answer. Hi, guys. My name's Anna East, and I actually have a question for you. Um, what is your favorite Disney ad campaign? My personal favorite is the Let the Memories Begin campaign, before they started using the One Direction song, when they still had that one with the guitars and the, the ooing and the awing. I thought that was really pretty, and it encapsulated the feeling of being at Disney for me, just in, like, what, 30 seconds? It was really pretty. What about you guys? I'm going to let you take this one, George. Oh, oh, yeah, I can do that. I think my favorite ad campaign is one that centered on Walt Disney World from the when they were opening it. And Eastern Airlines was the official sponsor. And it's really creepy ads of a young girl walking through a forest and ends up in front of the castle and creepy characters are there. It's, if you Google YouTube, Disney, Eastern Airlines, you will see it. It's, are you sure this wasn't just a weird dream you had? Yeah, it may have been. It's possible. Huh. It's possible. I thought we were, okay, we'll see. All right. Well, this isn't Psychology Weekly, so we'll, we'll move on. Um, this one I just enjoyed because it makes me feel good about things and stuff. I don't, I don't know how to segue into it. It's just, it's just a good voicemail. Let's just, let's just hear it. Hey, George and Jeff. It's your friend Brett here. Uh, just wanted to call and thank you again for doing what you have done on the show for all of this time and for continuing to do it. A uh, little story I was driving my car up the 15 freeway, and my car broke down quite dramatically on that big old freeway, and uh, was sitting there waiting for AAA to come get me, all stressed out and sad and bummed and other synonyms for sad. And uh, what did I do but play Communicore Weekly? to keep me company and calm while I waited for the AAA tow truck to come. Just wanted to let you guys know you are of benefit to the world in more ways than just Disney information. So thank you kindly again for your work, and I look forward to more shows. Communicore Weekly, the greatest show to listen to while waiting for your car to get towed. Yeah, I wonder if we got him a discount. Probably not. They probably charged them more. Oh, gosh, I bet they But either way, I'm glad we can keep you company in a stressful time. I know when I... Uh, get into car accidents or if something happens to my car i totally get into freak car out. accidents what <laughs> you said when i get into car accidents like it's a regular thing i hope well it's not, it hasn't happened in a while knock on wood hang on okay um but yeah that was very nice thanks man i, I appreciate that um this next one has a a weird offer or two in it i'm not even sure what to make of this one. Oh, oh hey guys yeah it's gary uh, from a section hey I, I wanted to congratulate you guys on uh, 200 episodes that's a you know that's a huge deal and uh i know oj and gert they talk about you guys a lot and you know and uh they always talk about how george's a real nice guy and you know they they're really fond of uh you know uh, uh, jeff I, they talk about him from time to time and uh you know every time i see pictures of jeff i just think you know man it's it may be time for me to uh, shave down my beard a little 
bit, you know, and just keep it, you know, nice for the ladies, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to let you guys know that I definitely got some good rates on studio time. You know, if you ever need anything, I got a couple of places in the back that are ready for you. Just have Blue Rosie and Worm, like, clean those guys out real quick and uh, get them straightened up. And, hey, I, I heard you guys got a good uh, a good hookup on uh, five-legged goat milk. And, uh, you know, if you ever want, I, I can hook you up with a buyer. You know, he's a real good guy. His, uh, his name's Butt Crack. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely talk to him about the uh, goat milk. Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for a good time. And it's been a good ride. And 200 episodes is a lot. So, uh, yeah, guys, have a good day, and uh, congratulations again, and let me know if you ever need any studio space, yeah! Wow, um, so the Goobers are really pushing their studio space, apparently, and are we supposed to rent the studio to milk the goat? I, I don't know, I wasn't entirely clear on that one. Uh, Maybe? It sounds like they like us, but... Why do they keep trying to put? Is it is this a multi level marketing scam? You know, it might be. Maybe goat milk is a thing where, like, if you sell it to somebody else and they sell it to somebody else, like, you get yes. some of that money also. Yeah, I'm or not you really get sure. to be a guest on the Goobers. Oh, that works too. I would love to be a guest on Heck the Goobers. Yes. That's all I'm saying. So you've up. done it once, right? I have done it. See, I still need to do it. Now it's your turn, my friend. It's all right. That's all right. Well, this next one is. From another, I guess we should have played this towards the beginning. It would have fit in with that theme, but it's it takes an interesting turn of events. Just stick with it. Trust me. Dolores? Dolores, is that you? Dolores? Dolores, I know y'all. Don't you ignore me. Uh-uh. Look, I know, I know, I know what happened in the past. Now, Dolores, I'm at my house and I need some toilet paper. I have run out. I have... It's all through my house. It's very scary, the Lord. I've been hearing this creepy thing. It's going go, 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 whistle. And it's creepy. It's scary. I don't like it. And it's whistling through my house, the Lord. I need your help. <laughs> no, no way. You go away. The ghost whistle. Oh, God, it's coming closer, the Lord. The Lord, come on. You know, George, I hear most uh, ghost whistle attacks do happen on the toilet. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, within five miles of your home. Well, that also. Usually uh, your home toilet, within five miles of your home toilet. So you got to really be careful about those things. We should count the toilet references in this show. There's way too many. Speaking yeah, of way too, too many. many, let's go to the next voicemail. We all know you're dirty little secret, Buck. Well, what a delightful phone call that was. I have no idea what that's about. <laughs> Very delightful. I want to know some of these secrets, too. Uh, you probably know them all, I'm sure. Oh, I don't really have true. any secrets. All them, all true. my secrets are out there. So it's not really secrets. They're just there. Anyway, okay. so this next one has a real special offer for you guys. Here we go. $1,600 credit towards your next trip. In order to qualify for this offer, you must be at least 30 years of age and have a valid credit card to check into the resorts. Brass one now for more details. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a sweet deal for me. Yeah, well, I mean, you're so close. $600 would be a couple trips, a well, lot of Well, they didn't say you had to spend it on Disney stuff. I mean, it just said travel oh. credit, so... Oh, like if you want to use the bathroom at a rest stop. Yeah, exactly. It totally counts, okay. right? Because you usually have to be a customer to use that restroom. So, like, if you buy gum, $600 worth of gum or something. Makes sense. I don't Makes know. sense. I'm in. Cool. Well, this next one is from an old friend, question mark? Uh, hey, guys. It's uh, Michael Eisner here. I just wanted to uh, let you know, uh, not necessarily congratulations, but I'm amazed that you actually made it to the 200th show. 
clearly the uh, hit I put out on you has not come through. But uh, anyway, good job, boys. See you soon. Eisner's sounding a little different these days. Yeah, not as menacing. No, he sounds a little, well, I don't know, like he's from the Bronx or something. Yeah, something like that. Who it's knows? But I, I still keep, you know, one eye turned around when yeah. I sleep or something like that. Something, you know, just, just in when case. I open you never know. when I sleep. That's it. That's it. That's the one. Because it go? creeps people out. It's great. Yes. Go figure. You of all people are creeping people out. <laughs> Weird. But go, again, going along with the Eisner theme, here, here's here's another Eisner-related voicemail. Hi, my name is Joey. I'm calling from Florida. I got this phone number from Michael Eisner, and he said if I call it, I could talk to some twins. Uh, no offense, Jeff. You didn't sound like the twin I was imagining, but congratulations on 200 episodes, guys. Send in our best from two hours north from the mouse. Cheers. I don't know why he's giving out our number like that, left and right. I guess he's trying to help market us, maybe? maybe? We're not giving maybe? out his phone number, though. Well, I mean, we can for enough money, Well, right? yeah, but, like, we're not going to... Anyway, before we, we get in trouble, um, we got another wrong number again, maybe? <laughs> I mean, it might be the guy from the from the first time around, from 150, and if it is, I don't know. Here, let's listen to this one. Hey, I'd like to wear pizza. <laughs> I'd like to wear this pepperoni pizza. Extra, 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 extra large. Maybe if you can recreate, isn't that that website Eisner? My friend told me not to listen to. If that's the same guy ordering a pizza, he's been waiting. Like, I am hungry right now. I'm hungry now too. But you know, actually, I figure out what it is. It's the uh, Pizza Planet truck. They're trying to get the delivery, really? so that's how they're tying us into Pixar. So we've got a hidden, you know, are we pizza Pixar canon? Is that what you're saying? I think we are now. We have to be. Okay, I'll accept that. I'm down you, for that, guys. People heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, and probably um, nowhere else. And, and literally nowhere else. Not even on the internet somewhere. <laughs> um, and this next voicemail is from one of our biggest fans and someone that we both love dearly. Hey, y'all! It is L in Atlanta. I just wanted to wish y'all a happy 200 episodes. I can't believe it's been 200 episodes. You guys know how much I adore you both and how much I love the show. My favorite episode would absolutely be the Haunted Mansion one that you guys did at Dragon Con. That was awesome to see you live and to meet you guys. And I want to also give a shout out to Andrew and Steve for doing the music on the show. And here's to 200 more. Thanks, y'all. Thank you, Elle. I'm glad we finally got to meet Elle at the Dragon Con I show. No, she's one of the few fans that we met in person. That's awesome. Together, along with Jenny. Yes, and Jenny. Lawson, which, speaking of Jenny, actually, uh, we're just going to play a bunch of voicemails we got right now from uh, various people just congratulating us on 200 episodes. Jenny is actually in that bunch, so I'm glad you mentioned her. Mm. Um, but really, thank you everyone for calling in for yes. the you know leaving us voicemails and uh, just yeah, here's here's a couple more of them. Yeah, and I really only hope we make it to 201. That's all I ever planned on. Fair enough. Hi, this is Captain Leo. Congratulations on your 200th episode. Hey guys, this is Carmen from the Adventures of Peas and Carrots on YouTube. I wanted to congratulate you on your 200th episode of Communicore Weekly. Thanks for all the wonderful information. I've learned so much by listening to your show and keep them coming. Congrats, guys. Hey guys, this is Aaron, and I'd like to say congrats on your 200th episode. That is seriously amazing, and I can't wait for the next 200. Jeff, hope to see you soon for another re-edition of Frozen Periscope Theater. 
I know. I still haven't seen Frozen. Doubt I will anytime soon. And George, I'll see you on the internet. Again, congratulations. You guys are awesome. This is Ethan Walter from California. I just want to say, you guys rock. Uh, I look forward to seeing you weekly every week. Keep doing what you're doing. You're all awesome. Oh, Ooh. Hey guys, this is Jenny and Lawson from Tennessee, your good old buddies. I was just thinking about episode five, 500, you're not there yet, 200. And I've decided you should do it on haunted coasters. That way you don't have to fight over which concept you like the most. Anyway, congrats on all the eps and keep it going. See you later. Hey, George and Jeff. Um been listening to you guys since season two. You guys are really awesome. I love Communicar Weekly, especially like all the Disney history segments you do. That's what got me drawn into the show. And by the way, Jeff, you really have to reconsider my Soren fans anonymous uh, rejection. I would really like to be part of that fan club because, you know, George can't be the only member. Have a good day, guys. Thanks. Bye. Hey, this is Matt Wire, also known as at DizWire on Twitter. Um, here at Big Thunder Ranch, looking for five-legged goats all day and still have not found one. Uh, if you have any advice, I'd love to hear it. Thanks. Bye-bye. Happy birthday to ya. Happy 200th birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to ya. Hey, George and Jeff, this is Minnesota Minnie, and I just want to say congratulations on 200 episodes of Communicore Weekly. Thank you for all the great theme park fun times, letting us know when we can pee on our own terms, and just telling us all about the ghost whistles. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well, and thank you again for the great show. Rock on, Communicore Weekly. Rock on, Jeff. Rock on, George. You guys are awesome. Keep doing what you do. And live life to the fullest. Woo! Happy 200th episode, Communicore Weekly. Thanks for all the Disney trivia and knowledge. Woo! 200 episodes. Heck yeah, guys. Let's go. They're fantastic. Keep up the great work. Thanks for the uh, amazing show, guys. Woo! Keep up the great work. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. In Cali River Rapids at Disney's Animal Kingdom, everyone's favorite full-day park, um, you'll find a lot of murals in the queue. And in the very last room of the queue, there is a gorgeous mural of the ride itself, which was actually painted by uh, someone in Nepal. And the artist of this mural was a big fan of Michael Jackson, the King of Pop. Now, you're probably asking, how do we know that some artist all the way in Nepal <laughs> is a big fan of Michael Jackson, the King of Pop? Well, if you look at the raft riders, in the top right of the raft, you can actually see Michael himself enjoying the ride with his hands raised in the air very high. He's not wearing the glove, uh, but yeah. it is Michael Jackson. Trust me, it's 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 unmistakable. Yeah, if... if you know, we hadn't spent so much time recording the show. My voice was, I'd give a real good hee hee. That's, but I'm not going to do that. The closest no. we're probably ever going to get. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little bit too much work. Fair. So. Fair. Fair. <laughs> but we've reached the end of our 200th episode, which means we it's time for this week's uh, winner of the year of a million or so, Limited Time Cadets, which See? again, we've still got a couple See? more months left. I would have gone from Michael Jackson to the King of Pop 
to this week's king of our year of a million or so limited time cadets prize winner, even though it might be a queen. I was gonna say, but the king makes it seem like they're the ultimate winner out of all of them. We still have oh, more yeah, time Oh yeah, you're right, left. you're right. So, so maybe it wasn't the work. best segue. I mean, a segue is a segue is a segue, right? That's true, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, like what I was saying before George's <laughs> segue crashed and burned everything. Yes. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, well, you I had, can I still had enter. I segue going over 60 miles an hour or the podcast would explode. That's a fair point. Uh, it, it, you might go in the past or something. Yes. You can still enter our year of a million or so limited time cadets if you email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com and send us your name, your address, and your birthday, and you'll automatically be entered and maybe you'll win something uh, one of these weeks. Who knows? we got a couple of weeks left. Who, who knows? But uh, this week's prize winner for the 200th episode is going to get a copy of Main Street Windows and it's kind of a cute story by me. Aren't you excited? Was that rhetorical? Kind of. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, this week's winner is Katie F. from Van Nuys, California. Congratulations, Katie. I'll be sending those out to you um, in the next couple of days, and you can maybe, you know, send me a picture or send us a picture of you holding them and being happy that you got them or selling them at a bookstore. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. It's up to That's you. That's true. Yeah, or show us your eBay posting. That's true. Yeah, send us the eBay posting, and then I will verify that it is an actual real book. It's a real signed copy. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, we've reached the end of our 200th episode, and we'd like to thank you guys so much for watching and listening to us. Yes, please give us a rating on iTunes, or if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, and always email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com to say sup, Corey, or just say hi, guys. We love you. <laughs> you can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly. Yeah, aren't you going to turn it like gold all next week when this episode's released? Am I? Or is that a lot like of work? Like 60th diamond anniversary type thing? It's Disneyland. not really our diamond anniversary yet. Oh. Maybe okay. like the 60th week would have been our diamond anniversary. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. was way too oh, long well. ago, guys. Okay, That's how well, I got out of it. You can, <laughs> you can always follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Imagine Nerding. He's at Jeff Heimbuck. And of course, just because it's the 200th episode doesn't mean you can't still call us on the Communicore Weekly GOAT line at 424-785-4628 because, I mean, we're going to have other milestone anniversaries to celebrate, like 217 and 304. Like any of those, we can play vo voicemails at any time. Definitely. And you can order this, the Communicore Weekly special pizza. Yes, as well. exactly. Uh, and speaking of ordering things, visit the Communa store on our website at CommunicoreWeekly.com and pick out some of these incredible t-shirts that we've got. Got some amazing ones. And you can still send me a self-addressed stamped envelope for your official cadet membership card and some stickers by sending it to Communicore Weekly P.O. Box 432 Orange, California 92856. And you can always support us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Weekly to find out how you can support the greatest online show. So for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Highbuck. Thanks so much for listening to our 200th episode, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show.